Initialize sequence. Yo, what up? This is Prozac. This is Shaq's too dope from Insane Cloud Posse. Oh, yeah, this is Reese. Yo, this be the one them called Tech Nine. What's up? This is Mad Child. This is your boy Spider Man, aka Brother Lynch. Huh? Jared from Head PE. Yo, what up? This is Hop. My name is Recognized. This is Boondock. Yo, this Blaze, you dare homie. Welcome to the Underground, Australia's home of underground music. Episode 6 is here for the Underground Amp. It is Ned, joined by Lewis Weir, Jason L. Herbert, and Amin Azor. Hey, live and clear too, not on the phone. No phone. No phone. We are all in here jam-packed into one little studio with one unwashed droogie. We will persevere though. Jay, Lewis, Nim, let us know how you are, fellas. Look, we'll start off by just... We've got to put a quick disclaimer on this week's edition of the Underground Amp because, um, unfortunately, one of us is currently the walking wounded, our boy, the real J-Cell Herbert. As we've mentioned numerous times, he has made a return to Australian rules football. And to anyone out there that might not know Australian rules football, it's hard-hitting. It is gritty. It is literally the most physically intense sport you could play. And J-Cell Herbert is a man that is no exception to that rule. And he Picture Brock Lesnar in very, very short shorts out there running around, although Jace does hate that guy. We got to see it in person for a little bit today anyway, Nim. It was uh, unfortunate because, Jay, as we all know, in the NFL right now, there is uh, a lot of brouhaha about concussion, CT. It's very much a realistic thing. And our boy, Jay, it was a very quick knock to the head because I didn't see it. Um, Nettie didn't see it, but uh, we definitely know that it did happen. Well, <laughs> so. well of course it did. But it was blink and you miss it, and that's sh- that's the thing about concussion. It can, when you're talking about a man's brain, regardless <laughs> of how big it is, <laughs> it is still one of the most it's priceless things that you could have in a human skull. And Jade, tell us what happened first off. Well, first before we jump into Jay, I want to hear Lewis. Man, you missed out on this. How devastated are you, oh. Lewis? We're my cousin. Let Sorry. us know. I was at work, and then I rocked up. To Ned's watch wrestling, I was like, Yeah, this is unreal. I walked in and Jay was like, I heard the news, and I was like, Oh, I walked in and Jay was a bit sort of, he was quiet. He was a bit reserved. subdued. Yeah. yeah. And I heard he copped the, copped the blow to the head, and I was like, Oh, is he all right? So, well, Jay, in your own words, because, like, you know, we were there supporting you on the, on the boundary line, and I can't remember if this was post-concussion or pre-concussion, <laughs> but you didn't really seem to acknowledge us too much, which... Wasn't unusual. It's not unusual, but, you know, th- this time, we were carrying on, we were making a bit of noise, you know, we are like, banging on the fence and, like, you know, go, Herbie! You know, yeah, we were like very that. excited. We finally got out there after all these years to see the man himself perform, and, well... And yeah. they get a concussion. Well, so tell us what happened. Tell us what happened here for all those uh, listening at home. So basically, um, running down towards the opposition's forward line, thinking, uh, trying to go for a bit of a smother of the ball, thinking... Now, when he says smother, for those uh, our American listeners, he's trying to, you know... You put your body over the ball when it's being kicked. Yeah. Basically, here I am thinking, oh, this is going to go over my head, this is going over my head. Um, yeah, no, wrong. It went smack bang into my head. As we, as I did mention at the top of the show, concussion is something that's taken very, very seriously. Yes, it is. Obviously, because uh, we've seen the damages, the long-term effects it could do. I'm not sure if we could see any of the results uh, of this <laughs> concussion test or the impact test that could be done on our boy Jay, but I was told in no uncertain terms, because I went into the locker rooms of respective football club, the Lakers. They're not wearing purple and gold, and if I would have loved to go into a proper Lakers uh, dressing room at some point in time, but hey. Next best thing then. Nick. Next best thing. And I was told by the crack medical staff... Shout out to Naomi and Joe, uh, who I think uh, did a tremendous job looking after the great big mouth of Westside. We'll, <laughs> we'll pop up a photo. Uh, I've got one up on my Twitter account, at Doc Nims. Check it out. Yes. You want to see the f- 
the fine medical work that the Tales Lake Football Club had done, but they specifically said to me, Nettie, make sure he doesn't vomit <laughs> and make sure that he's nothing happens to his vision. Yeah. Now, we just, this is before we have five hours of wrestling that we got to watch because we just watch WrestleMania. We're all in our yeah. WrestleMania gear, you know. We we're, we're hyped up. We're, we're very, very hyped to, to check it out. And. It, it's it's a concern because in five hours of wrestling, that's a long time. Five hours, who knows if he's going to throw up, is his head going to spin, is something going to happen? Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. I thought you. you were very caring throughout that time, Nim. You took that on board. You were, you took your role that Naomi gave you very seriously. There's you actually cared. Leone, but never mind. Apologies. Sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jay. Le- yep, sorry, <laughs> sorry Leone. Yeah. yeah, sorry, Leone. He took it on board very nicely, but Jay, you were upset at this for some reason. Your friend has driven four hours to come and watch you play football you supposedly got a hit to the head we sat there with you on the bench you managed to tell me to shut up twice mm. and nims throughout that five hours of wrestling was just checking in to see how you were and you got a little aggravated just well, little things just little things honest, you could have dialed it back a little bit from 11 oh i'm sorry okay, <laughs> don't get me on the- 11 you mate you're like your friends heard you gotta look after your friend you know could you just reenact what we were both doing just to sort of see because we were told Check his vision yep. and make sure that he doesn't vomit. Okay, so here we go. I say to Jay Sal Herbert, bro, I want to tell you from zero to ten, where are you at? Zero being you are dead. Yeah, six feet under was six the quote. Six feet under, you may as well be dead. And ten being You're you and notch. April, yeah. his lovely girl, are running around on the yeah. beach happy as Larry. He says to me... One. So when he says one, what do we do? We think, oh, Jesus. We're like, oh, hell, man. He's on the. He's basically nearly dead. We need to really do something here. Literally, we're he's nearly dead because you've already set the limits of what 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 the what the rule book is. We get a little concerned, and then what does he do? He yells at us. He yells at us like, yeah. So what up, Herb? Because you, for some reason, think one is a higher number than ten. Now I think that concussion okay, has hit home. Him. But usually when you go with the old pain scales that doctors give you, like, what's your pain ratio out of is between 1 and 10. Obviously, you know, 1 being the lowest number, so the pain there is very, very, very minimal. 10, excruciating, you're rolling around on the floor, clutching your sides, praising for death. That was what I was sort of thought you were going with. Well, I know, don't bit, understand uh, how you thought that, Jay, when I just explained to you right before. So you're saying that you didn't... Within 10 seconds, said, yeah. really listening probably, to be honest. There's a lot of times I just tune out. And there you go. And this, and here you see the difficulty of trying to look after a man that's got concussion that doesn't listen to you at the best of time when his brain is working 100%. <laughs> so, look, either way, it was an interesting turn of events. Thankfully, the great big mouth of Westside, he hasn't bled from the ears or anything drastic like that we were able to sit together and watch wrestlemania with minimal minimal abuse from yeah, jay there was still some there was still some not yeah. not to the level that we're normally accustomed to sometimes he can get physical he, yeah. uh, um, there have been numerous times where he's put his literally put his hands around your neck and yeah he he doesn't do that as much anymore and i was telling lewis earlier tonight that he did clothesline <laughs> poor old Nim yeah, at one at one time but i just want to say when we pulled into taylor's lake today the first thing we see is herbie chasing after the ball we call him herbie because that's what his boys out there call mm. him. And I think I saw what may have been the incident and it looked like it just grazed him. So after that, he had the big run from one side of the field to the other. I'm like, oh, what's going on here mm. sort of thing. Mm. Very much that's so. when, so Fitz, who was out there, shouted he couldn't be here tonight. We went over and we joined in the huddle. They made us feel very welcome. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> thug life, I believe is that. We were, we were. And thug life. But then afterwards, we're sitting with Herbs. He still managed to throw in some abusive stuff towards me. But Herb, you got confused saying that 
The incident happened after half-time when you didn't go out on the field after half-time. So that's why we were really concerned about you. See, that was probably where like the um, effects of the concussion was sort of starting to sort of sink in a bit because, you know, the, your blood's pumping, your adrenaline's flowing. Yeah, you know, you're thinking, yeah, this is good. I can go, I can go, I can go. Then, you know... You sit down for about five minutes and all of a sudden, oh, God. Yeah, you, for lack of better words, you... I was out of it. You were spaced out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, more so than up. usual, yeah. More so than usual. He's there on the bench. He couldn't even go into the three-quarter time huddle, man. He was just sitting there. I will post this picture. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. have a look at the picture. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see the fun we get. Seeing an elite athlete in mm. such clear uncomfort is... It's upsetting. For our American friends out there, it almost looked like Tom Brady after he lost the Super Bowl. (laughs) I'm not quite sure what the final margin, but uh, it was something in the hundreds. So you can see just how much that Jay's presence was uh, felt. Luckily, we've got a buy, which is uh, next week. I say we. I didn't really do anything. (laughs) But uh, they're in support. But the Lakers, uh, they've got a a week. It's a great time for you to get a concussion because you can rebuild uh, and rejuvenate yourself. Yeah, That's what he does, DDP Yoga. And I would like to note this, though. If it is... the possession we were talking about when it did hit Herbs in the head and I shouldn't laugh and it bounced off it did go to one of your plays and that led to a goal yeah this is completely true so yeah. he's a superstar athlete yeah at the end of the day even though Herbs racked up zero touches apart from the one touch to the head it still led to a goal exactly so, so he's, a, he's definitely a team player there and you can sort of tell that even when he's not physically part of the play his mind still is <laughs> 100% oh. which is fantastic but look that's the way to get your head in the game right there. No. Oh! That, that's the second time he's used that today. He also used that in front of his entire room of players when you were there. Or the, no, I used something a little bit different. but it's a Give lot us that one too, Jay. Oh, it was a little bit uh, less family friendly. Yeah, no, we're not going to do that unless you want to keep bleeping. That was the entree to the main meal that was WrestleMania 34. And I know it's been a while and a lot of people have their say, but, you know, we, we've got busy lives and it's not a lot of people that can set aside five yeah, hours of we wrestling. Are just not too bad. It's only yeah. been a week by the it time it's actually, yeah. And at the end of the day, we only all watched it today. So we're going to give our two cents for what it's worth. Full disclosure here first, because uh, Lewis joined us a bit later. He joined. He came from work, working on a, on a weekend, unfortunately. It has its disadvantages, so he joined us. Thankfully, it's a five-hour card. for. So, Louis, from what you actually saw, because you did miss a big chunk of it, were you pleased with WrestleMania 34? Oh, I absolutely loved it. Like, I come in halfway through Cena and Undertaker's match, mm-hmm. which was... I didn't even know that that match was happening. That's like... Yeah, they kept it very under wraps. They they did a good job, and nobody knew that was happening, Smokey. Mm. That was the whole thing. Cena had called him out, and we didn't know whether he was going to accept it or not. And Cena was just chilling there in the crowd for quite a while. And just a heads up, if you haven't seen Mania yet, I'd turn off now. There's going to be spoilers. (laughs) Very much so. But look, let's start off with some of the highlights, Nanny, because we can't go through every single match, because otherwise we'll be here for for another five hours. But (laughs) as I mentioned last week on our preview show, there were some things that were... You know, you had the Undertaker-Cena match, which is something that is worthy for main event. You had oh, Shinsuke yeah. Nakamura versus AJ Styles. Oh, what a match. In fact, you know what? Let's let's focus on that match, too, because as I mentioned last week, we've seen their first match they did in Japan, Nettie, mm. and you are the biggest AJ Styles fan that I know of. Jay's probably the second biggest, and not in terms of fandom, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right, of course, man. What did you think, Nettie, seeing AJ and Shinsuke Nakamura? Because this is a very hyped match, and 
I think they lived up to the hype. They definitely did live up to the hype. And what we were talking about at the end of this is this mania was, I would say, it's it's around the nine nine point five sort of mark. They just messed up the order of this. Yeah. They should yeah. have ended definitely. on the AJ Shinjay match because it was unbelievable with a nice little finish there, the show of respect. Mm. It had everything that you'd expect in it. Except for the ending where it went a little bit haywire sort of deal. That would have been a great way to wrap up WrestleMania, I think. And I think we all agreed on that. Jay, I'm not sure if you remember, we did watch WrestleMania about half an hour ago. Too. Yeah. He, he he is still suffering from concussion, so we apologize in advance. <laughs> yeah, no, I do have to agree. I think the um, AJ Shinsuke Nakamura match should have definitely gone on last. It was just absolutely amazing those two put on a clinic and one thing i actually did say to you nimi as well that when they go into the royal rumble they go on with the hype of you're the winner of the royal rumble will main event wrestlemania Mm. well no yeah that didn't happen so that's kind of you know false marketing right there to build up that event so if they were actually going to live up to that aj and shinsuke should have gone on last and i think now that we've all sat down and watched it it would have made a lot of sense and that's taking nothing away from brock and roman yeah we've seen it like what did we say three times already yeah Roman's main event at Mania four times. We've already seen Brock and Roman at WrestleMania 31. Mm. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm trying to say. And and this for AJ, I would say, Nims, you mentioned it was his third Mania, was it? Yeah, it's his third. I would third. say this was his best match mm-hmm. because what were the other two previous two you mentioned? So last year it was AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon to open the show. And the year before that, it was Chris Jericho versus AJ. Yeah, that's right. Now, the Chris Jericho match, I'm going to give a pass just because that's AJ's first mania and you know obviously the grandest stage of it all last year was fire yeah. as well but this year he like he's a he's a he's a made man in the wwe well, I he reckon. definitely is and that's nothing against the shane mcmahon match but at the end of the day I, I, there wouldn't have been any belts or anything on no, the line no, he no, deserved no. to be up there main eventing this entire thing he deserves that belt around his waist and it was just so awesome to see kick back and watch and enjoy it and like you mentioned yeah we did watch it a couple of years ago at the japan one and like you also mentioned we remember watching it but we don't really don't remember, remember it yeah, yeah. And plus nakamura the quality of the opponent yeah like, them two are just phenomenal you All could right. watch them flat out couldn't you those oh. two wrestle and that oh, that no. nakamura he do, he's got some very weird body movements and whatever too which is it makes it even more interesting just yeah. to see what the hell he is going to do next you're just like wow he just did that he's got a very interesting character but let's look at the other main event that finished up last AJ versus Shinsuke was the third last match. We think it should have been the last, and Brock Lesnar should have gone in that the third slot, so to speak. We'll start with you, Louis. We, we mentioned we've seen Brock versus Roman before, and that last time we saw it was awesome because we had the, the cash-in of Seth Rollins. Oh, Seth Rollins. Yes, yeah, yeah. The money in the bank. Like we said, this wasn't a bad match. It wasn't a bad match at all. It was a great match, but both people there not fast wrestlers they sort of mm. keep like a slow sort of plodding pace like with absolutely throw everything but it's just big moves all the time no sort of quick back and forths like it was a sick match but it was just you've had that massive build up of the AJ Nakamura match and then it's sort of just gone downhill a bit like it's just 
explode right down. Yeah, with the momentum. And I think yeah. those two guys, they're your sort of old school, sort of built in a factory sort of wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You've got your AJs and Shinjays that are more like, you know, your high flyers yeah, and, and just yep. better quality wrestling, you say. So it did take a very much a momentum plunge. And there was even a this is awful chant yeah. at the time, which yeah. I didn't agree with. It wasn't awful. No. No, no, no one. But, and it's funny that you do mention that because they are two sort of power wrestlers. But we've already saw literally the match before it was a sort of power wrestling cooldown one where we had yeah, Braun Strowman yeah, and that kid, yep. which was an excellent WrestleMania moment. And we'll jump into that shortly. But we are on the topic of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Chase, you have compared Brock to the great Carly, which I feel is so unfair. <laughs> I want to point this out. This is for his very, very extremely limited moveset of about three things. Can we also be clear, too, that Jay is a Roman Reigns guy? He, he, oh, he, he definitely oh, is. Jay and Roman. He's no... He's, he, that's why he's You've visibly nailed, upset now. You have nailed your colours to the master with Roman Reigns, but you claim that there is no bias. But when you saw that, because you said, oh, he only does the same three moves, blah, blah, blah. Great Carly. So what did you think after... Uh, your thoughts, because uh, Roman got a bit of colour there as well. What did you think of that match? Compared to other Brock Lesnar matches that you've judged. And did you also remember that you just watched that match? <laughs> yes, I remember I just watched that match. It is very, very uh, fresh in my memory. Thank you very much. Just um, checking. <laughs> Nim's also checking. Mm. He Look, was asked by your lady, Naomi. Yeah, like you guys have said, it was just a very slow, drawn out, sort of typical old school style wrestling match. Is it one of their best? No. No. Not by a long shot. Mm-hmm. Um Especially like I, I even though like there were parts I definitely do not agree with the this is awful chant because there were some huge bumps that were in there. Mm. Gosh, yeah. Um especially, you know, both Brock and Roman going through the announce tables and him as you said, you know, Roman getting a bit of colour in there, but Oh Roman got decimated mm. Yeah, he wow. he was just destroyed. It was near it wasn't as bad as one of your least favourite matches as the um, Lesnar-Cena match from SummerSlam 2012. Oh. Yeah, that match still yeah. haunts me because I am a John Cena sort of dude and seeing Brock destroy him was hard. Oh, yeah. 2014, I think it is. 2014. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, we touched on it briefly too, but a lot of people will be polarized about uh, Braun Strowman and a, and a kid named Nicholas from the crowd winning the tag team titles. I don't know about you, but I personally loved it. I thought yeah, it was cool. I th- the big story they were trying to tell is Braun doesn't need a partner. They forced him to get a partner. So what does he do? Gives a kid, a, just a rando kid in the crowd a moment. And it was something that was lighthearted. The crowd loved it. The crowd that absolutely rained hell. Kids loved it. Upon, yeah. yeah. Upon the main event, we're saying tagging Nicholas, cheering for this kid and just think about that kid man he would be loving life thank oh most definitely that was the best feel good moment of that whole thing I think and it was good to have that little bit of a light heart in there because it had followed up the horrible Shinji thing that yeah. just, just went down and yeah like you said like Braun didn't need the tag team partner the kid's gone in and you got to remember, we were all kids once. Yeah, How great yeah. is that going to be? Like, my kids were so psyched about it, watching it. They're going to go home. They're going to tell their, you know, go to school, tell their friends about yeah. it. And it's going to be hype around the school ground. Like, some kid our age went in and is now the tag team champion. <laughs> yeah, I can I can tell you right now, it's definitely not, it's going to be a moment that Nick, that kid, Nicholas, is not going to forget. You can see at the end, you know, he was grinning from ear to ear as well. Also, just want to point out, there was some, uh, you're probably going to have to bleep this, some jag off going, boo almost like I hate kids this sucks woo 
Really? Uh, I don't remember yeah, that. Well, it was actually yeah. when they were walking back up the ramp. Well, we'll we'll play about that footage, but obviously one in a sea. If uh, when you have seventy eight thousand people there, even there, there is always going to be one. But uh, yeah, we've t- we've touched on that one. I think another big match that we do need to talk about is one that I found very surprising, but surprisingly uh, to enjoy, was Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. Oh yeah, oh, that, that was, was epic. That was yeah, that was a good match. We were talking about this, and we just can't stop talking wrestling. Like we were talking this as we were walking out of my house mm. to get to this studio the women's division used to be and this is no disrespect you know your bathroom break you take off you'd get your pepsi or do whatever yeah, of course you know don't worry yeah. about that trish is just taking on jazz in a in a five minute match yeah or whatever jay would you know use that time to abuse us whatever it was exactly but now the women's matches are all must watches and this was definitely no exception 100% dude. Louis, you didn't see it, but Charlotte took on Oscar and broke the streak. Charlotte is actually an awesome wrestler. And if anyone's going to do it, I think it's realistic that it was Charlotte that did it. And that brings me to, you know, Herbs, I'm a Charlotte person. I think everyone else was going for Oscar, but I was on Charlotte's. I was like, hell yeah, she deserves this. And she she's a great wrestler. Well deserved. And Yeah, I've got to agree with, on th- with you on that. It was very well res- deserved. Like everyone else in the room thinking, you know, Oscar streak, it's not going to be ending yet. Then, you know, mm. all of a sudden, you know, she's tapped out to the figure eight and it's like, wow. It's like, it's just that shock factor that, and as is just present. And as you said, you know, who more deserving than Charlotte? WrestleMania did leave us with a lot of uh, those moments where we were like, yeah, this is awesome. Like seeing Nia Jax win that title. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was cool. Seeing Oscar um, be gracious in defeat. Seeing Shinsuke go and give... Poor old AJ, one shot in the uh, Jets oh, Crackers. Shin uh, I no longer and you know, people listening, you probably caught up by now. Yeah. We have our own sort of nicknames for all these people. I don't know, Shin Shinjay Nakamura Shin-Jay. because uh, because our boy, uh, the Japanese buzzsaw uh, from the Great Big Mouth <laughs> of West Side, JSL Herbert, is a big fan of Shinjay, hence why we'd call him Shinjay yeah, Nakamura. Yeah. Look, there was some great moments there. There wasn't a match, except for the Brock one, where I didn't hate it. It was just in the it wrong was just spot. In the wrong spot. Yeah. That's all it was. And we haven't even talked about one that I'm going to be talking about for quite a while and won't forget Ronda Rousey's debut in oh, the WWE. Oh, yeah. oh and yes. I missed it. Yes. I missed Lewis, it. you need to watch this, man. It is something else. Maybe put the old earmuffs on for a minute or so while we talk <laughs> about this if you don't want to know what went down. Herbs, you're a UFC guy. Out of all of us here, you've watched probably the most UFC. What did you think? Of Ronda Rousey stepping into the squared circle, the twenty by twenty. Uh, look, to be to tell you the truth, man, I thought she made a great transition going into the ring. She hasn't lost a set. You know, you follow everything that's been going on, like WWE's Twitter or Instagram, whatever. They tell you, you know she's putting in five hours plus a day at the performance center to make sure you know her skills are honed. She knows how to properly do the work and can just put on an absolutely amazing safe match. And that's just exactly what happened. It was a fun one too, wasn't it? And mm. you've got to show respect too to Triple H and Stephanie. But like <laughs> yeah. they made this match, really. At the end of the day, they must be some super sports because you know everyone was going to jump on the Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey bandwagon. But without them being such good heels, it wouldn't have been as good as match as what it was. And I don't know, man. I think I'll be talking about that one for a while. Yeah, I think hell a lot yeah. of people will be talking about that one for a long time. Can I just quickly mention too, we, we've been pretty big champions of TNA wrestling. We very much gave it a chance. I know a lot of people like to crap on it from a great height. <laughs> We've always been long-time supporters, and it oh, is my- really good to see 
because we saw in the pre-show Rockstar Spud Cruiserweight GM doing some great stuff too EC3 at uh, NXT Nettie you, you yes sir quite uh, very pleased with his one and the fact that he's managed to stay as EC3 yeah fantastic he is exactly the same I'm not sure he'll be running the whole um, Dixie Carter's <laughs> yeah. nephew though but I think that part they gloss over but, <laughs> but like to see that to see Bobby Roode at a Wrestlemania was cool to see AJ Styles retain his title Sick. at a Wrestlemania see guys that we've seen from TNA Jeff draw. Jarrett in the Hall of Fame exactly yeah, Jarrett, that yeah. segues me perfectly into Jeff Jarrett in the Hall of Fame I do like the fact that whatever the, the seeds are at Impact Wrestling as they're now known they are getting a bit of traction they're doing work with other companies and it's good to sort of see I think that they actually sort of see themselves now as like look we're like a ring of honor we're like a breeding ground we're a place where someone can hone their craft and if they want to go into something bigger and better we're all for it as we've seen when the new management took over one of the first things that we saw as a result of that was the broken universe coming to the WWE universe oh most definitely so shout out to TNA Wrestling they're doing some fantastic stuff it's on Twitch as well there's no excuse for people not to watch it you can free yeah you don't have to go search out on dodgy little illegal Indian torrent sites like we've had to in the past any of us have done that (laughs) (laughs) shout out to the new team at Impact and Anthem I think are the guys that own them Jade Anthem yeah it's Anthem yeah Anthem Fight Network they they, they have a a stake in the Fight Network or something Uh, yeah I think they do have a slight stake in the Fight Network not uh, sure how big. But yeah, we'll look yeah. that up. But either way, get yourself around TNRS because they're doing some good stuff right now. Eddie Edwards is starring. Sammy Callahan is starring. They have had a, people, a couple of people leave, like Bobby Lashley and stuff. But I know for a fact that everyone that's left TNA and gone to WWE or gone to Ring of Honor or wherever has left with their big thumbs up and say, hey, I think you've outgrown us. Go somewhere better. Yeah. Well, not uh, better in the sense like, you know, we're bad. But, somewhere you know, bigger. bigger. Yeah. Bigger. Bigger's yeah. the word there. And yeah, so that's taking nothing away from TNA at all. Like, you watch a show like we just watched and like, it's all over there, yeah. which is great to see. And the, the true wrestling fans know that, which is awesome. And also, big shout outs to, you mentioned NXT, Kane Hill, Elijah Witt was on the show last week. They ripped it up on NXT's mm takeover live performance i was so geeked watching that and nxt takeover new orleans must watch you three Mm, yeah on it it was really really good just uh quietly too i've been i've been told by a lot of people that was the best ladder match ever like oh yeah ever you we talk we talk we talk japan we talk wwe we talk anywhere in the world that is the best ladder match that they've ever it's had it's interesting that you say that because that's what the kids said like because we were watching that the wrestling time like I was the NXT match better and I'm like well yeah it was, it was amazing so a lot of people are saying that which is cool to hear you guys need to see it so damn good the intro match of NXT ladder match there awesome mm, very much so nice. but uh, look as we said, it has been a fantastic pay-per-view. It's it was not bad by any means. If you no, got if you got a spare five hours, I hardly recommend <laughs> it. There isn't a skippable match. It's just in the wrong order. That's the only thing that we could say negatively at the end of the day. I should yeah. point out that I did use the tag team match, well at least the intro of the tag team match where Braun was running around the crowd to use the bathroom. But that's because <laughs> that I've didn't been take half an hour though. But that is also because literally for four hours and fifty nine minutes I was seriously sitting there like oh, duh, yeah. I can't leave <laughs> yes. uh, most definitely man well we are getting to that time of the show man we've basically wrapped it all up very nicely though all the best bits and the well there's not really worse bits I don't want to be one of those guys it was great so mm. all around leave it at that anything else to say lads 
Yeah, one little thing to say. We've talked before, Nettie, how, um, like, you know, I've been able to do some interviews with WWE stars. And uh, if you haven't tracked them down, don't worry, because, uh, you know, on occasion, maybe we'll dig them out of the archives. Maybe if we're having a quiet week or two, we'll relive some of the chats here on the Underground Amped of me catching up with AJ. So it might be a bit out of date, but it is still kind of cool to hear uh, some of the stuff he says, because yes. he's still a really good bloke. Talked about that, that you're going to hand it over yeah. into the Amped land, which will be awesome. So we will definitely take you up on that, man. And and there's a lot of great wrestling coming to Australia too. The House of Hardwood Couture, uh, Tommy Dreamer, is, he, we, we saw him before. Yeah. In fact, this time last year, we yeah. were getting ready yeah. to go to yeah. uh, Hell yeah. to see uh, the Ring of Honor match between Christopher Daniels and uh, Jay Lethal. That in was fact, awesome. our boy Louie got a shot with Christopher Daniels holding the belt. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. yeah. It's like he just, just remembered. Yeah. Yeah. What was going on? It was sick. And Nettie had uh, spent some quality time with Jay Lethal, who was very kind enough to sign your TNA action figure. Oh, he was. He was an outstanding dude, and he absolutely loved my son, Brody. He gave him so much time. He had all these JSL Herbert-looking cats. <laughs> Didn't even look at them twice. He sat down. He talked to Brody. He, great dude. That's right. And the, so we have some exciting yeah. stuff coming up. Yeah. We've got that House of Hardcore in July. Mick Foley's heading out here. Wrestling-wise, it, it's blowing up. Yeah. It's cool Watch, Watch this space, but uh, we got plenty to get through. Oh, hell yeah. Stick around. We will talk next week. Up next, we're going to be talking to Black Stone Cherry. Yo, what up, y'all? Mr. Gray of Gorilla Voltage, and you're listening to The Underground. John from Blackstone Jerry joins us on The Underground. And John, how are you, man? I'm good. A little tired, but I'm good. I just got back from a family vacation about two hours ago. Got out, got out of the car. We had a flight from Orlando, Florida, back to, to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and a two-hour drive back. A little worn out, but I'm here. A little worn out, and now you have to jump into a bunch of interviews, but that's how it goes, I guess, man. Tell us about this new album, Family yeah, Tree. It's here April 20. What can you let us know about this one, John? Man, this is probably the most fun you ever had recording a record for a lot of reasons. For one, I think in our, not old age, because we're not old yet. I mean, I'm the oldest guy in the band. I'm 35. But I think as we've gotten older, we've matured and all that, we've learned to take ourselves a little less seriously, if that makes sense. So going into the studio, we wanted to do this record where it was a little bit more free and off the cuff. So we didn't really rehearse all that much. We wrote the songs, the majority of them, on the back of the bus and did like logic demos. So no crazy rehearsals and, you know, no really ironing parts out. It was just very conceptualized. So when we went into the studio to actually track the record, it was so shooting from the hip and everything just kind of came out so jam band and naturally that it, it kind of gave us this new free spirit, so to speak, while we were tracking everything. And a lot of that, honestly, is because of the blues EP that we did back a few months ago. Going back and revisiting all the old blues greats and digging back into our, our blues roots from back early on in the, in the band kind of rekindle a whole lot of that shooting from the hip, not really knowing what you're going to do until you do it kind of mentality, and it really came through in this record. Uh, that's really cool right there, man. So I was about to say what best describes the sound of the record, but you're saying it's got that real sort of bluesy feels to it. Yeah, man, this is probably the most like southern slash blues rock kind of album that we've done to date. I mean, the folklore record that we did, our second album, was inherently southern, but it also had this like darker rock vibe about it too. The majority of this record is more light, not necessarily light sonically, but light, like airy, 
the subject matters don't really get very dark or creepy or anything like that. <laughs> it's more about honestly just having fun and you know us playing the kind of music that we've always loved and kind of getting back not necessarily to our roots because first of all it's very stereotypical to say but we're not really getting back to our roots necessarily it's more of just kind of getting to be ourselves if that makes any sense at all to you <laughs> uh, yeah 100 percent. and you were talking about it being a lot of fun and the the video for bad habit looks like you had an absolute blast on that one Absolutely, uh, we truly brought our wives and, and brought them more to the foreground. We had them present with us whenever we did the uh, Cheaper to Drink Alone video on the last record. And that was the first, like, tongue-in-cheek kind of funny <laughs> video we'd ever done. And our fans really latched on to that and loved it. And we had such a great time doing it that when it came to do came time to do Bad Habit, we kind of looked at the lyrical content and the vibe of the song and was like, okay, well... The traditional way of shooting a music video for this kind of song, there's going to be some really hot chick and she's the bad habit kind of thing. <laughs> it's going to come out like any active rock junk. <laughs> it's going to be regurgitated over and over and over again these days. So we were like, okay, well, let's, let's go back to the drawing board and let's look at this the way Blackstone Cherry would do it. So we kind of came up with this whole storyline where we, back to the future. Time traveled to 1988 and... With it, we brought in a bunch of our friends from back in the day when we very first started as a band. They dressed up like a country and western act. We dressed up as our kind of like alter ego parts, as like this skank, late 80s hair metal act, just very spoofy. And then we had our wives dress up and, you know, big hair and all that. My wife probably had the biggest hair of anybody <laughs> there that day because her hair is naturally big anyways. But we had everybody dress up and we just really went after it and made it this cool experience when you sit back and watch it because it's funny, it's interesting, and it really keeps you drawn to the screen, which a lot of videos miss the mark on these days. Yeah, definitely, man. It does look like a lot of fun. And what would you say your worst habit is there, John? My worst habit? Probably smoking cigarettes. Uh, <laughs> there you go. And and I was going to ask, if you could time travel anywhere, would it be back to 1988? It sounds like we're about the same age. Where would you time travel to? Uh, if I could time travel? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'd like to time travel personally to the early 70s and watch the music evolve as it happened. Yeah, good call right there. And at the end of the video, it says, To be continued, any hints or clues on, on what's up next? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, we, have, we have a lot of touring, as far as, as far as the band goes, we have a lot of touring coming up. We're going out with Government Mule here in the States pretty soon, actually. We start up with them next week. We do some headline stuff here in the States. We go to Europe, do festivals, and a few, like, one-off headline shows. Back to the States again, and we're working on coming down to your part of the world as soon as you possibly can, because we love it down there. Yeah, that was like my next question right there, John. So you are working on it now because we would love to see you down here. Absolutely, of course. We love Australia. We've only, we've been there twice so far. Both times we've been has just been some of our best experiences touring. The people are just very inviting, and the country itself is just, it's pretty incredible. You know, just being four dudes from a little small town in Kentucky, going to Australia of all places, it's kind of mind-boggling to us. So we're just excited to get back. Yeah, that's really cool right there. And I'd like to ask all my guests this, John, and you have been here a couple of times, done a bunch of interviews, no doubt. Can you give us a good Australian accent? Oh, I'm terrible at accents. You need John Fred for that. <laughs> <laughs> I would hate to insult you. 
<laughs> no, that's all good. I'll let you off the hook. All right, man. What's something that may surprise your fans to know about you that would really catch them off guard? My beginnings of being an artist, so to speak, weren't necessarily with music. My childhood was very involved in like charcoal art and drawing and painting and things like that. So that has led me to now today, uh, I own a merchandise company. I handle all, all of our band's merchandise here in the States and I've got another few rock bands and southern rock bands here in the United States that I take care of. My partner in that business is actually the merch guy for our band. His name's Dean. And I do a lot of photography and videography. Most most of the things that you see from us visually, I've either done it myself or I've been a humongous part of because that's kind of my back. I'm like the visual art guy. Oh, that's awesome right there. I had no idea about that. So you're the mastermind behind Bad Habit, are you? Uh, no, typically when it comes to like music videos and stuff, the band gets together, all four of us, and we develop an idea. And then we go to whoever we're choosing to direct the video, and we give them the idea that we want to achieve, and we kind of like co-direct ultimately alongside of them. I'm more involved than the other guys because I have more of a technical mind for it because I understand how a Red Dragon camera works, and I know different things like aperture and f-stop and all that because I deal with equipment all the time where the guys are like, okay, I think the frame needs to look like this. Basically, I listen to what they what they're envisioning and I'll put my two cents in there and then I help the director understand how to actually achieve said goal. Oh, hell um, yeah, man. That, that's, that's awesome. more of what I do on the, like, the video side, but most of my stuff is more of like the still stuff. I do a lot of videography stuff, but it's mainly like the behind-the-scenes footage. I'm the guy driving everybody nuts in the studio with GoPros and cameras stuck in your faces and lights <laughs> and all that crap, just so we have some content to put on the social media to keep everybody in the know of what we're doing. And I do a lot of photography, like the tree that's on the album cover for the record. Uh, that's one of my photos. It's actually a tree that's not too far from where we've kind of grown up writing and rehearsing since we were kids, a place called the Practice House. John Fred and I went out there late one night and uh, it was pitch black, couldn't see a hand in front of your face. And I set the camera up for what's called a bulb exposure, which means you take a picture for a long period of time to allow more light into the lens, which gives you crazy trailing on stars and things like that. So that's why when you look at the cover, you'll see like almost like this vortex thing off in the right hand side and the, that vortex gets bigger as it goes across the screen because of the position of the camera and the position of where we were in the world so you could see the curvature of the earth as the earth is rotating you could see the stars kind of move in that pattern and oh, they trail wow. around it was a 13 minute long exposure and i wasn't trying to make it 13 minutes it just so happened to be 13 minutes on the button oh well that's great to know a little bit more about that I, yeah i had no idea that is awesome right there john and and right before we go we want a recommendation from you something you recommend that we check out oh gosh man there are so many great bands out right now i would have to go with shaman's harvest those dudes haven't been down there yet they're label mates of ours we've known them since long before we were on the same label i mean god bless man i've known those dudes for probably seven or eight years now they're all really great friends of ours they're good musicians good people good salt of the earth southern folks you know Hopefully, they'll get down there sooner rather than later. Oh, awesome. That would be really great to look out for. I'm, I'm sure they would appreciate those props right there. And everyone listening needs to check out this new album from Blackstone Cherry. It's called Family Tree. It is out April 20. Pre-order now. Hit these guys up on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Blackstone Cherry or, of course, BlackstoneCherry.com. And you can scoop up all that merch there. Yeah, John? 
Yes, sir, absolutely. You can go to BlackstoneCherry.com and find a link there for merchandise, or you can go to uh, BlackstoneCherryCo.uk has uh, a web store that will uh, ship worldwide. The BlackstoneCherryStore.com just services the U.S. 